This is the Appliance Alliance Podcast, where we are elevating the appliance industry, one podcast at a time. Welcome to the Appliance Alliance Podcast. I am your host with the most equipment, Zach Kreider, owner of Gordon's Appliance Repair in Chicagoland, Illinois, and my co-host as always, the man with a plan. He needs no introduction, yet I still give him one every single week, Mr. TK Cousins. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. I'm super excited about this week's episode. I uh, started the Appliance Apprentice Group quite a long time ago, and um, one thing one of the things that I'm most happy about is the appliance apprentice group is the roundtable discussions on Thursday nights. And tonight's guest has been a key part of that whole thing. He has been there since day one, dropping in, dropping wisdom. Um, and I'm not going to give him an introduction because I want him to introduce himself, but Bobby Howard is here tonight with us, and I am super excited to hear from, from him and his experience in the appliance industry. Bobby, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a Sagittarius. Ooh! Get out of here, man. Uh, I own Pace Appliance. Uh, I started my company August 15th, uh, 2020. Uh, I've been a technician for uh, just a little over 20 years now and really ex- excited about uh, jumping in and uh, finding new challenges. Uh, as most, uh, you know, like uh, decade in technicians will tell you, yeah, sometimes it can get a little boring working on the same thing over and over. But uh, I got a, uh, eyes wide open. I- I'm finding a whole new chapter of, of uh, uh, the other side, other side of the fence here. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. So I've been in this business for eight years and I've owned my business for five years. Um, and this 2020 man was, uh, it was a really interesting year to be an appliance uh, technician as well as an appliance owner. What made you make the switch from just being a technician to, you know what, I'm going to launch my own company in the craziest year ever. Uh, So it's more than just that. Um, I was a lead technician uh, for a a local company here in St. Louis, and I took a two-year contract to work out of state. So I was in Indianapolis for the past two years. Uh, With that, um, I I didn't have family or uh, friends or lifelines up there, and I was paid salary. And also being the lead tech, I was pushing, you know, 12 hour days almost daily and not getting paid for them. You know, it's, I would have my 40 hours by Thursday and my daughter would have a, you know, like a state championship for her band concert on Friday. I'd take a half day and I'd get my paycheck docked, even though I already hit my hours. And it's because I, well, I took half a day off. Uh, so many of that built up, kind of pushed me over the edge. Um, so I, I put in my two weeks and, uh, while still up in Indiana, um, I made, I made, uh, made it work. Uh, I moved, when I moved back here to Missouri, I, um, was partnership with another company, um, 
in the in the very beginning stages and realized trying to run Missouri the way I wanted and then Indiana the way they wanted, we weren't really meeting eye to eye there. Uh, so I sold my partnership and uh, cashed in my 401 and launched my own company. So this year, 2020, has been a real, real curveball for me. Moving, you know, back out of state, moving home, launching my own company all in the same year. And um, I got to say, I, I only regret I have doing this is why I didn't do it earlier. Yeah, I hear that, man. Like, I could totally see, like, anybody... Like there's two different types. To me, there's two different types of people. There's a type of people that are built to be a technician. And then there's a type of people that are built to be a business owner. And the vibe that I've gotten from you from day one is that you're built to be a business owner. Like, you know, you have that mentality where you've been in this thing since August and like, you know, you you already get, you already get how it is and how it's supposed to be and how to, grow your business and make it make it successful let me ask you this when you first got into a appliance repair um what were, what, what were the things that you struggled most with when you first got into it like what were your some of the hurdles that you had uh, obstacles you had to overcome when you first got into appliance repair uh variety it would have to be variety. When I first uh, started working in appliances, I was looking at washers and dryers and stoves. Um, you know, I, I jumped right into the deep end of the pool. And it was, um, a lot of it was going over my head. And I've always worked my way up the ladder and excelled. So when I got put into a world that I wasn't familiar with, um, I was humbled. <laughs> you know, the, the, the first six months I was doing this, uh, what's the, the terminology, you know, fake it till you make it. hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's pretty much what I did. And, and I started learning common rates and, um, my background has always been electrical. Uh, I came from the TV end of things. Um, my father was disabled and owned a TV repair store. So with him being disabled, I was working on TVs at the age of 14. Uh, I could do convergence jobs before I could legally drive. Uh, so my soldering skills and, you know, my ability to read a schematic, that's always been secondhand to me. Um, just applying it to a different, a different type of theory and application. Um, that's where I had to um, learn and evolve. Uh, I the money was way better than TV. So I wasn't going to put it down and I picked up that ball and I've been running with it since. I, I love that you said that, man. I love that you said it was just taking and applying a skill that you already had to a different way of thinking. Um, I've said it before. I am a licensed airframe and power plant mechanic till surrendered, suspended or revoked. Um, and so I learned my schematics. I learned my electronics, um, in, in that world. And I learned how to troubleshoot and flow and turn wrenches um, from doing that. And when I came into the appliances, it was, it was just a slight shift in a mindset like, okay, I'm learning a new system. How does this particular system work versus the systems that I was working on? It's all systems. It's all troubleshooting. Pretty much. Yeah. But once you learn um, and you learn the ability to troubleshoot, 
it doesn't matter what you're troubleshooting because you know how to troubleshoot. You find and identify your problem. You divide the circuit in half. You rule out the um, uh, the givens and uh, you focus on, you know, like where that problem, you know, uh, originates. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, being a business owner this year, it, um, the, the troubleshooting still applied. You know, I still had to try to figure out and try to conquer what I, what I could and divide it in half. Um, so being a technician first and a, a business owner, owner second, I found that, you know, customers really like that. They really respond to that where I'm not, you know, Mr. Owner, you know, sitting behind a desk looking to see how I can improve my profits and reduce my costs. You know, uh, I'm a technician first and I'm looking at, you know, how can I make my customer experience better? And how can I get this repair done quicker? Um, profit's a byproduct of good work, you know, and, and that's, I guess, my mindset. Man, you are just dropping some some truth bombs tonight, Bobby. I, I just absolutely love that. I love that mindset. I love that work ethic. That is, um, that is phenomenal. It's, I, I feel like... Um, Business owners like us are kind of the exception to the rule, unfortunately, right? Like I, I feel like the way you're describing to build a business, the way you're describing how you interact with customers, like that's normal. Like that just to me, that's normal. Um, but I feel like there's so many guys that don't, that don't view the world that way, you know? Right. So... Um, troubleshooting, it, it sounds like you're not afraid of anything. Are there any particular appliances, brands, anything that you're just like, eh, I'm not going to touch that? Um, that's a kind of a tricky question because do I look at it as, am I wasting my time here? Am I wasting the customer's money here? Or is it something that I don't want to do? I mean, cause, uh, th those, those categories kind of, kind of drift drift apart a little bit there um stuff i don't want to do um oh, it's going to be the stuff that doesn't make a lot of money and it's going to be harder you know as far as the labor time and uh critique uh, i'm just like everybody else you know i, I want to be lazy I, I want the easy calls and want to you know go home early but at the end of the day um being a business owner um if it's on my doorstep i'm pulling my wrenches out you know that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a, that's a, a great way to, to look at that. And at the same time, like I, I, I think that's where it's important. I think that's where customers are going to respect you because if you're wasting their time and money, um, that is something that you should be stepping away from and, and sending it to someone else. But if it's just, ah, I want to go home early, eh, maybe that's not the best call to, to give away, suck it up and and right. dive in. Um, so I guess if I had to choose, you know, like, um, what would be, um, my, my go-to guns, um, is a standard, you know, it's, uh, I only been in business now six months, but, um, I have my standard. Uh, so I want to take one photo a day of, you know, like, uh, uh for my business, I want to get one five-star re review a day. So I try to find that one customer that has a really good experience with, with my company. And I want to make sure that that customer is over the top 
and uh, explain to them, you know, I, I'd really like to have a, a review and, you know, you share your opinion. Whether or not I give them a coupon or I give them a good deal, if I take a little bit of a loss on that ticket, you know, to ensure that, um, I don't know, it's not bribery because uh, I, I laid it out and just uh, got it done. Yeah, that's one thing that I've definitely picked up from you, just, you know, hanging out in the roundtables. And, and if anybody doesn't join roundtables, I highly recommend every Thursday night, 8 o'clock. If you're not there, you're missing out because there's a lot of good knowledge dropped and a lot of good talks. But one thing I've picked up from you is that you're not afraid to give a customer a, a discount. And that's one thing that I have actually started implementing since I heard you say that and talk about it so much. I've started giving out the craziest, weirdest discounts. It doesn't matter what it is, but every call I go on, I try to implement a discount. And um, how, how has that worked for you? Just, I, I've, you know, you've talked about doing rock, paper, scissors with customers and all different things. Um, how has that worked for you as far as five-star reviews and just making the customer happy? All right. So if you present yourself in a way where a customer likes you, are they going to call you back? Irregardless, got it done on the first day or 10 days. If the customer likes you, they're going to call you. You are who they trust. You are who they like. You are their go-to guy. So, and some customers that are, you know, like um, they're hecklers and you pay around like like you just said or other ones where um you know i mean you, you did the, you did the blankets you did the booties um you wore the gloves the mask um you went all out and did everything professional if that's what that customer is wanting um what you have to do is um develop that read and be able to understand you know what your customers are looking out and looking for you know in, in, the, in the company they're calling and provide that uh yeah our, as far as the discount goes and uh, the five-star reviews, I spend uh, close to, because this is my first year, I'm pushing $2,000 uh, a month in Google Ads. And I have no problem with it because that is my source. When you actually look at that and then you divide it by the call volume and you look at the ratio, um, I'm, I'm making it fine. But with all these customers that I'm giving great service to, and I'm giving them discounts and I'm giving them exactly what they're looking for. They're my advertisement as well. Because if you look at the, um, and you do the analytics on the month and you say, I had six months, you know, in, and I've already have 144 referrals. How many, how much money would it cost me to generate an additional 144 calls versus how much I discounted to get those? It's the same thing either way but you're getting positive word of mouth from your clients and your customers, which is worth its weight in gold. So yeah. in, in reality, you're giving discount, you're getting more in the long run than you are in the short game trying to get that extra $10. Guys, if you're not paying attention, Bobby is dropping truth bombs right now. He is telling you how to grow an amazing business by adding value to people's lives. He is adding value every day to his customers' lives, 
and he is growing an amazing business because he's investing in other people. We've talked about it before. You make investments when you're a business owner, when you're a technician, whether it's in tools, whether it's in people, whether it's in whatever. Bobby is showing you right now how to invest into your customers and grow an amazing business and just be an amazing person. Pay attention to this man. Holy cow. That is that is amazing. I want to ask you a follow-up question with this, Bobby. Um, you you haven't been in business that long. Um, as as far as owning your own business, I, I want to make sure I clarify that. And uh you kind of hit on it a little bit. Have you had a fire a customer yet? Hmm. <laughs> Oh, you would do that, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did. I had to fire one. Uh, actually, I fired two so far. Um, and one um, was okay with it, and the other one wasn't. Um, but at the end of the day, it started out, I had a customer call me, and they, um, they already had the part. And they wanted me to give them uh, an estimate over the phone on what I would in, uh, charge them to install the part. Uh, it was a Electrolux dryer and they said they had a heating element that needed replaced. And if you guys are familiar with the Electrolux dryers, this is the th uh, three-way element that likes to sag and touch against the shield. Um, so they gave me the part number that they had because I wanted to confirm it was that before I went out there because it was a 45-minute drive one way. And um, the customer told me um, the part number. And when I looked it up, it was actually a heater for a wash machine. And I asked the customer, was this for a washer or a dryer? And they said, a dryer. I, I've already told you that. I'm like, I, I understand. But the part number you gave me is for a wash machine. This isn't a part for a dryer at all. Um, the customer said he just Googled it and that's what he bought. And I said, look, um, if you can give me the model number, I'll look at the part up. I'll be happy to get the job done. Uh, I'll come out and I'll get it done day one for you. Um, and I told him, you know, the cost. Uh, when I got there, it was a little different. Uh, it wasn't just a, you know, heating element like he described. If you guys are familiar with it, you know, the thermal fuse on the exhaust vent, when it opens up, you get a, uh, a door latch error code. So having this door latch error code, now I was presented with something I didn't have in my stock. And I explained it to the customer. I was like, what you told me and what I'm, I'm here with, I'd be happy to fix it. But I do require uh, an additional part I don't have. I gave the customer the estimate and it was virtually $15 more because that's the part, the cost. I'm not charging them additional for a second trip. I'm not charging them additional labor. I'm charging them for the additional part. Uh, the customer, whoa, 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 and I'm double talking and I'm doing this and that. I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm not double talking you at all. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way. And um, I wrote everything up on the ticket and I showed it to them. Well, they wanted a copy of it. And I said, not a problem. What's your email? They're like, oh, I don't give out my email. You know, there, there's too many crooks out there. And I'm like, well, I can have one mailed to you, but you won't get it for a day or two. And they're like, no, I want it right now. Uh, she went over and got the back of an envelope. And she goes, just, uh, I need your driver's license. And I want you to write it down. I'm like, you know, this is not how I document a payment. You know, I'm not going to write on the back of an envelope, you know, I, you know, this and that. I said, I'll be happy to, you know, send you one, um, however you like. 
but I, I can't justify, you know, documenting a, a payment through my company on the back of a used envelope. And uh, so finally, with all these red flags going off, I finally told the customer, I'm like, look, I'm not going to charge you guys anything for coming out today, but there might be a better company out there that's going to give you more um, of what you're looking for than what I'm capable of doing as uh, from my company point. So um, I am going to encourage you to call somebody else. Here's your money back. I'm not charging you anything. And um, I got called a white supremacist. I got called. Um, I was. Um, I need to. You know, find God in my life. Uh, you know, it was. <laughs> uh, the email is is pretty lengthy. You can't see this, guys, but TK and I are sitting here cringing and shaking and and laughing because we've all had this customer. We have all had this customer in our lives. Uh, well, what I'm sitting here thinking is the whole time is, man, I have fired customers for way less than what he's talking about. Like, you're concerned because, like, you you talk crossways to my CSR, you're fired. Not not really, but you know, I mean, yeah, oh, no, you're I'll, a saint I'll, for I'll that. I'll fire buddy. him. I'll fire him. You 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 talk back if, to my CSR. You give her crap. You you gone because if you're gonna treat my my CSR like that on the phone, you're gonna treat my technicians worse, and we're not we're not playing that game. Right. Well, here's the thing that I, I here's a question I have. Like it's been my experience. They will talk crap to my CSR, and then I'll get there, and they'll be the nicest person on the face of the earth to me. And it's like, well, why did you treat my CSR with such disrespect? Why did why didn't you treat my CSR with the same respect you're treating me now because she is just as much important to the operation as I am. She is just as much a key part of this machine as I am. So I get real offended when any customer disrespects my CSR for sure. Yeah. The, the, the Jekyll and Hyde syndrome is pretty, is one of the more common you'll usually see. So what what I want you guys to take away from that, and and you're talking to three guys here who have a ton of experience, do not just be chasing the dollar. At the end of the day, there are some customers who you are just not going to make happy. I don't care if you gave them service that was just like a thousand percent, you are not going to make them happy, even if you do the right thing. And don't be afraid to walk away. Just wave the service call, smile, have a nice day, and leave the house. Do not be afraid to do that. This, this, your sanity is worth so much more than than a couple bucks. Yeah, and that that has been a reoccurring uh, topic on the roundtables, and something that Bobby has talked about, and I know I've heard him and other members of the group talk about several times where Bobby and you correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, Bobby's the type of guy that likes to more focus on uh, a certain type of client. He's got a business and, and this is the client and the customer that he wants. And one thing that I've learned from Bobby is it is it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, Hey, you know, you know, it might not, you might not be the customer for me and there's different ways around that, but would you agree with that, Bobby? Uh, yeah. The, the biggest point that you, you should take from this is 
sometimes walking away is the smarter option. Um, if you try to insist on that money and, uh, well, this is what's owed to me and this is what's mine, um, what you're going to do is you're going to make a unhappy customer even more upset. And what does a customer that's really upset with your customer uh, service do? They go online, they try to vent. And that's the, that's the one thing that trying to earn that $75 that you feel justified in costs you way more than what that $75 was worth or whatever your service charge is. So by walking away and taking nothing, you gained everything from it because you didn't lose anything. I mean, so, I mean, defending a bad position is worse than trying to just walk away with nothing. So I've seen you in the group. Um, I'm going to kind of diverge here because we can go down this rabbit hole for quite a while. Um, and we're definitely going to have you back on to, to talk more because you got a you got a lot of knowledge in that head of yours. Um, but uh, I see you in the group helping guys with sealed systems. And it seems like it's um, like a white whale for some guys, right? And uh, it's just like this big, scary monster. So, like, what's a piece of advice you'd give guys about sealed systems? I know that was kind of on the spot there, but... Yeah, no, the, um, the, the key is, is uh, practice. I mean, it's really hard to walk into a customer's house and use their refrigerator as your little test dummy, you know. Um, uh, go buy a $80 refrigerator from wherever go buy a used one on craigslist take it home torch it play with it cut it apart put it back together fix it you know um learn what what symptoms do what uh on your way to customers homes watch youtube videos um, you know how does a sealed system work what is a vapor cycle you know um you know uh, how do i get my epa license you know I, you know these steps are crucial to your first approach it's like anything else. Um, you don't just pick up a fit, uh, pick up a fishing pole and know how to fish. Um, but you don't want to, you know, make that mistake in front of people and and uh, get caught with your pants down. For sure, yeah, that's one of my goals for this year, man. I'm I'm gonna get into seal systems. I don't want to be. I don't want that to be my specialty. But me and my partner have both agreed that we don't want to be expecting something of our technicians that we're not willing to do ourselves. So we're going to learn, we're all going to learn it together. We're all going to venture into the seal system world together. And uh, I don't know why it's so intimidating for me, but um, the more I learn about it and the more I study, the more I think, you know, it's really not that intimidating. It's one of those things, like you said, it's just like anything else. You want to learn and, and, and get your mistakes out before you're in the customer's house behind their refrigerator trying to get it taken care of. So let me break definitely it looking forward. Let me break it to you this, TK. Um, how, many, how many parts, how many components um, are in the dryer? Simplified. How many? I don't know off the top of my head, to be perfectly honest with you. Let's call it a belt drive, a motor, a heater a drum, a main board. Let's break it down to, you know, five, six components, right? All right. So yep. now we're going to do that same approach to refrigeration. Um, how many key points are in a sealed system? We have a condenser, a compressor, an evaporator, a dryer filter, you know, uh, a heat exchanger, a throttle system. 
um, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a, an inverter to drive the compressor and temperature sensors to tell the main board when it when it should and shouldn't be on. Uh, so, I mean, uh, when you go in and diagnose it, let's eliminate the obvious. Is the compressor running? Yes. You know, do we have heat at the condenser? Yes. So we have compression. So if we have compression, um, that means there's refrigerant in there. So now we look at the frost pattern. You know, do we have a frost pattern? Do we have an airflow problem? You know, do we have a sealed system problem or a, you know, a different type of issue? Um, by eliminating the obvious, you're, you're leaving yourself with limited, you know, options. It's either going to be this, this, or that. Well, then that's when you actually try to investigate and prove which one it is and which one it isn't. So you actually have to diagnose and be a technician <laughs> and not just assume that's crazy that it's the talk, compressor. Man. There's only yeah. so many you can lay your hand on something and be like, I know what this is. I mean, we're not genies, so like you can't you can't just go yeah. in and go, it is the compressor, ball. the compressor is bad. I am a hundred percent sure you need a sealed system job. Um, you actually have to be a technician and diagnose and figure out what the problem is. Well, Bobby, let me ask you this, man. We are thinking of putting together some Patreon type of material for our viewers that decide to support us. Would you be interested in, interested in doing some videos with us, maybe some sealed system stuff or whatever? in the uh, Patreon account? So on my, my last company that I worked for, um, because I was a lead tech and I was in Indiana, I was bringing in technicians and, um, you know, like making sure and having to go do their cleanup work. Uh, because a lot of this had to do with sealed system work. And I had a lot of technicians that weren't sealed system technicians telling me, hey, compressor's bad, evaporator's bad. Um, I had to teach these guys sealed systems. So what I did was I got bored uh, one weekend and uh, I had a bunch of parts and uh, I made a Frankenstein. I made a test jig. Um, I put a compressor in there, an evaporator, evaporator fan, uh, thermistor, um, you name it. But I also put in some added features. Um, I could dial down the fan speed and create a problem. I could... Um, uh, close off one of the hose lines and create a restricted, you know, dryer filter. Um, I could um, open up a line and create a leak. Um, I have the ability to create any symptom I wanted with my test jig. And then when I had that symptom, ask the technicians to diagnose it. And, you know, like uh, looking at the problem and having everything outside of a refrigerator there running, it was actually really easy. Uh, you know, monitor your, your current draw on, on your compressor, you know, compared to your evaporator and your condenser temperatures, um, you know, be able to make a conclusion based on the things that you know, that way you can find out what problems you don't. So I think an awesome thing, if, if you're willing, Bobby, for the, the Patreon, the supporters, um, because again, all, all that money is going towards growing the community um, and giving back to the technicians um, that are the backbone of the industry. I think an amazing Patreon, if you're, if you're willing to do it, would be walking us step-by-step step through how to create that test jig. Because I'm sitting here shaking my head going, man, 
That is like the way to learn, the absolute best way to learn. Um, and I think it would be so cool if you'd be be willing to do that for our supporters. If 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 you are, if you are, you can say no to me. It's all right. No, that's all right. Uh, uh, I don't mind. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, now it's a Frankenstein. So, I mean, don't expect to run this thing for two years and make ice. But <laughs> yeah, but the point of it is yeah. to learn, and I and, and I think that's I think that's an amazing tool, and that's going to be an amazing gift for you guys. Um, Bobby has brought some real truth bombs, and he is definitely going to be on with us again. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you everything because I can tell there's a lot more. Um, coming from Bobby. Is there uh, any wrap-up you got for us, TK, today? Well, I just want to say, uh, first of all, thank you, Bobby, for coming on, man. Um, you, I, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, but you're one of the guys that I totally respect in this industry. As I'm learning and I'm growing, you're one of the guys that I look at and say, man, this guy is uh, one of the technicians that I just to be like. um, so I appreciate you coming on and um, I look forward to, you know, networking, networking with you in the future, man. I just appreciate it a lot. Oh man, this is my first year, you know, jumping into my own. So uh, I've kind of feel like the low man on the pole again. So I'm kind of looking to everybody else, you know, that uh, kind of, you know, like hold my hand like a five-year-old and teach me how to do this stuff. <laughs> we all have no, dude, you, You're doing great. You're doing great, man. You're doing great for your first year. And, um, you know, any anybody that's that's getting into it would do well to follow your model and what you've done, man. You've done a great job. It was excellent to talk to you tonight, Bobby. And uh, we just, we really appreciate you taking the time. So uh, this is going to be the Appliance Alliance podcast. And we are signing off.